Hi, everyone. I am here to introduce Jennifer Huff, my friend, our friend, and now your friend. I'll tell you a little bit about her. Jennifer is the president of The Wide Awakening. She's author of the book Unstuck and founder of the largest integrative nutrition practice in Canada. She founded the first mentorship program for complementary entrepreneurs over two decades ago. She's an expert in practical applied physics, which is why I wanted her to come here. And her passion is to make physics practical after working with mystics, scientists, and shamans from eight different countries to free herself from her own struggle of chronic fatigue and self-sabotage. She's been on international stages, radio, television, and podcasts, and is the author, co-author of countless books and articles. You're going to love her, so put on your seatbelts, and we'll welcome Jennifer. Good morning. Nice to see you. And gosh, that was glorious, Shana. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. I knew I was in the right place because this morning Anne led us in a prayer. And uh, at the end of the prayer, we all put our hands in and we said, yay, God. And I remember praying or having grace around the table when I was younger and my parents, my parents had these very long-winded graces. It's just like, it's the same stuff, you guys. And this is when grace didn't mean much to me. I said, how about we all just say, yay, God. So that's how I knew I was in the right place. <laughs> so the title of what I was going to talk about today is As Above, So Below. And it comes to mind the last time I spoke in a spiritual center, which I loved so much because I grew up on this place called Stony Lake, Ontario in Canada. And there's a, there's a church there. You should look it up. It's glorious. It's called the Church on the Rock. It's in the middle of the lake, and you have to drive your boat there. <laughs> so my mom, who's Anglican, said, why don't you come and do a little something with the church? And I said, okay. And she knows what I talk about, which is the physics behind spirituality. And I said, okay. So the minister asked me to do the call and response. And the response was always, Lord, hear our prayer. Yeah? You guys recognize this, right? So, Lord, hear our prayer. And I thought, that doesn't make sense. How about we change the call and response? Because I was supposed to read the thing, and they were supposed to say, Lord, hear our prayer. And I asked them to say, thank you for hearing our prayer. Because in truth, the laws of physics say, in fact, Nassim Harriman, a very well-known sort of maverick physicist, is looking at one of the equations that Einstein was looking at before he died that he didn't settle. But Nassim, it appears, has come to the conclusion that absolutely, in order for the equation to make sense for existence, to balance mathematically, that the actual universe, not a reasonable facsimile, not a photocopy, not like a, you know, not an imagined thing, 
but the act, just, just breathe for a moment, just breathe with me. Because to take this in, and when I first took it in, it changed my life. I'll tell you about the quest I went on <laughs> in a second. But what he found was that the actual universe, the hologram of the universe, is at the basis of your protons. So you have 75 trillion cells, 75 trillion, take that in, that's 10,000 times the number of human beings on the planet, that's how many cells you have, all living in harmony, 10,000 times the number of human beings on the planet, individual entities living in harmony, in your body already, as above, so below. And each of those 75 trillion cells has a hundred billion atoms. And at the center of those hundred billion atoms in each one of your 75 trillion cells, think about that number, is the actual universe as above, so below. The actual universe. I mean, what are the implications of that, I asked myself as I took that in. You know, it's not just an equation. So we can say we are one, but we can also say we are one. It's fascinating, isn't it? Anything that could ever be, anything that has ever been, is actually already within us, 75 trillion times, times 100 billion per. It's pretty crazy. But we don't live that way. Even the best of us don't live that way, do we? I mean, I teach this stuff. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, I forget all the time. But man, so this is what happened. I was going to Anglican Church. Oh, by the way, how many people here have actually at some point deeply questioned the religion that they were exposed to as a child? <laughs> I love the... <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I assumed probably since you were here <laughs> that may have been a, a pre-thing. So, me too. So I was in Anglican church and my mom sent me to confirmation classes. I went to confirmation classes and the minister was up there and he was talking about some things and God bless, seriously, God bless. Um, he, I could tell that he didn't know. He didn't know what he was talking, like he didn't really know God, like not really. And as a kid, I still hadn't lost my connection. So I was wondering, and think about the arrogance of this. I mean, I was wondering why this guy was teaching me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I knew on some level, I knew on some level that no matter what is going on in the world, there's always a way. I knew the God within. How many people ever had that feeling? Who had that feeling? There's always a way. I was always extremely solution-oriented, and I never wanted to talk about the problems. 
I wanted to talk about the problems as they pertain to catalyzing the solutions. Now, I didn't know that that's actually entanglement in physics, but it is. Entanglement says the problem, can't, think of all the problems right now in the world, perceived problems. I mean, since we're one, after all, with the entire universe. Think of all the perceived problems. Just think one after the other, after the other, after the other, all the things. But we're creator consciousness in human form. I mean, we are. And if we are that, we need things to create upon. And if you need something to create upon, you need contrast in order to create. It's part of, just breathe again, because, because I'm going to say something that you've probably heard before, but it is a little bit revolutionary if you really take it in. There must be contrast in order for creators to thrive. And if you're going to focus on the sideism in humanity, then you're never going to experience the glory of our individual oneness with all that is. But if you're going to focus on being a receiver for the solutions, getting to the frequency of that which is birthed from every piece of contrast, you're going to have, especially right now in our history, never was there a time for people who were willing to be available for the solutions and learn how to understand that thriving operating system. That's literally what I was put on the planet to teach. That's the dream that's dreaming me. What is that operating system to be aligned with the laws of physics, which ultimately it's the same alignment that Reverend Patty was talking about. It's the exact same thing. Truth is truth. It doesn't matter how you describe it. So in the end, I'm sitting in front of this dude and I am not, I'm not giving him a good time. <laughs> he's not having a good time because I'm asking him everything and he's like what and I said well what about this and what about that and what about true love and what about you know what about relationships and what about like is what is Jesus who is Jesus who is you know and he had he had nothing he had the poor guy I was such a pain in the butt and then all of a sudden I realized it's like I have to get my answers somewhere else just like you did Right? I have to get my answers elsewhere. So I ended up, of course, because I am one, I ended up receiving the most glorious gift. And it was a physics teacher in grade 10, 11, and 12, right after my confirmation class. Like I asked, the universe answered, it was perfect. Big, huge, round guy from Nigeria who was a PhD teaching in high school because I was in Canada and his PhD wasn't accepted in the universities there. He would have had to go back to school. So this is big round dude, he used to call me Huffy. And we used to have conversations about spirituality and how it works and, and, and it was so powerful. And he opened my eyes to understand spirituality differently. And if it wasn't for him truly, um, I would not be here, I would not have written the book. And at the same time, I feel as though we are only scratching the surface. Now, I wanna tell you that standing in the Church on the Rock, and actually the, the response that I gave them was 
Now I would say blah, 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 blah. And then they would all say, you know, thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer, because that was the instruction. I don't know how the minister felt about it. I left pretty fast after that. So, um, <laughs> but, but, but then what happened was the, I realized in my studies in physics that that actually wasn't true either. The problem cannot exist without the solution already existing. It's a law in physics called entanglement. So just breathe that, again, breathe. Just breathe in that. The answer has to exist at the same time that the problem exists. Just think about that. The solution already is. That's how the equation works. Shouldn't the question now be, oh, let's not argue about the problem. How do I line up with the solution that already exists in the 99.139% of me that is not three-dimensional? How do I line up with that? By the way, that is what we're talking about pragmatically um, in the workshop today is literally those laws of physics and that thriving operating system. And so if I was to do a response now, I would probably say something like, um, I feel so blessed to be alive <laughs> as a response. Or something like, I am or I am that. But I think in that case, I would have been chased out of that church. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one final thing. I'm blessed to have been associated with this beautiful Rinpoche, um, a Buddhist uh, Rinpoche, um, who's directly associated with the Dalai Lama. I'm also blessed to have met a few nifty Tibetan dudes who are uh, really special. And I remember um, Greg Braden telling a similar story to what I'm about to share with you. I had, I had been talking to them about prayer. You know, I had been talking to them about prayer. I was so glad that we were talking about prayer earlier. And as I was talking to them about prayer, they asked, what do you guys, you know, how do you pray? Now at this point, I had been to, I, I had traveled the world, I've been, I'd lived in Israel, I've been all over the world to different places of worship because I wanted to see the commonalities. Because remember, my, my quest was, okay, how does science marry with all this stuff, right? <laughs> Yay, God. Um, <laughs> and I asked them, I said, well, well, you know, basically people, you know, they get on their knees or they look up or they bow their heads in humility or whatever it is for them. And then they maybe ask to be blessed by something or ask for some solution. It's kind of true, right? We do that. So... They said, oh, interesting, we don't do that. 
<laughs> and I said, you don't do that when you pray? And they're like, no. <laughs> and I thought, well, what do you do? And they said, what we do is we thank God in our prayers for what has already been. And I thought, oh, thank you, God, the call and response, right? We're back to that. And they said, more will come. More will come. And I thought to myself, now that aligns to the laws of physics. That's flipping brilliant. So just, I'm very grateful to be here today. I am. As I said, I feel a little bit like, oh, a bit of home tree happening here. I'm very grateful to Patty and John and Rob and Kathy for just, and Anne for that beautiful prayer this morning, um, for just being able to commune with you. So, As we come together in this workshop to understand that thriving operating system, the real pragmatics of how 